You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. Welcome to another episode of Hive Hoops. I am being joined today by Under Construction, Jamal Darby, and Kaza Solsay. I'm going to be getting their thoughts on LaMelo since he uh, returned. How much does this team miss Cody Martin, Dennis Smith Jr.? Do the Hornets have enough time to turn things around this season? And then we're going to do a little bit of ranking segment, uh, Hornets edition. How's it going, guys? Sleepy, man. It's late. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's staying up. I, I hate these West Coast road trips uh, the Hornets are on. Staying up every night just to, to watch them. Lose is, is tough. <laughs> hey, hey at man. least they at least they pack it in that like week, you know. Time yeah, that's true. Yeah, know, like you can expect every year you're gonna get a <laughs> week of it to where you're gonna be, you know, at least it's during the Christmas holidays when nobody's like really working anyway. So that's, that, right. that's a good thing. That's right, because you know, you got a lot of people who are out for the holidays, and then you got a lot of people who still go into the office, still got some things going on. But yeah. it's almost that like understood thing where like everybody knows those last couple of days leading up to Christmas, like it's no, no, yeah. nobody's being that productive. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like across the board, it's like known universally, like we ain't really gotta do like all this really stuff today, right? So yeah. Anyways, um Hornets are eight and twenty-three. I don't have to repeat that. Over and over and over. Yeah, please. Yeah. (laughs) I know, right? Like, don't do it. Don't do it. But, like, LaMelo Ball is back, averaging 27 points, nearly seven assists, shooting high percentages from the field, from three, just really playing well. I just want to get your guys' thoughts on LaMelo's return, what it's done to this team, what it does for him individually. Can he get anything out of this season? Maybe on an accolade standpoint, uh, just, you know, really just trying to get your guys' thoughts across the board there. I'll I'll tell you this one first, man. Um, For me, I don't want to jump the gun and cross that line of podcaster to fan because the small sample size that we've had of LaMelo, I kind of feel like the jump, is happening. The ascension is happening, but we have such a small sample size. Like, okay, I don't want to get too excited, but the things that I am seeing on the court are really exciting. Like the, the, the three point percentage uh, he hit, I believe what six out of seven uh, Tuesday night, man. Um, The decision making with the basketball. Now we still want him to cut out some of the silly fouls and probably put a little bit more effort on defense, but offensively, the, the Hornets are night and day with LaMelo on the court, man. When he's on the court, he he he's an absolute game changer who makes everybody else's job a lot easier. Like I said, I like the three-point percentage. I like the range on his threes. Um, I like the decision-making. Um, I like the fact that he's he seemingly has the keys to the offense. He's in total control of the offense, and it looks like he deserves it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Jamal here. I mean – the the offense is just completely different when Lamelo's on the floor. The defense has to respect everyone now because they have to account for where he is on the court at all times. And uh, I know that a lot of fans 
and me included sometimes, we kind of scoff at LaMelo's um, shot decision, particularly when it comes to three-point shooting. You know, LaMelo will come down court and just jack up a three. But near the end of last season, he shot the three really, really well, enough to end the season shooting 38% from three. And now he's in the 40% club through the seven games that he's played. And it doesn't look like a fluke. We know that one of the things we know about LaMelo Ball, he has an incredible work ethic. I'm sure that's something he worked on in the offseason. If you want to be an elite guard in this league, you got to be able to hit the three. And, I mean, he's he's doing it. So now that's just another thing that opponents' defenses have to account for. Like, man, I can't leave the mellow ball open. Um, it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's such a huge difference. Uh, breath of fresh air, you can tell the team is re-energized with him uh, out on the floor. Um, as far as accolades, he might be able to slide into an all-star berth, mainly due to his perennial popularity. You know, he's just, you know, people want to see LaMelo Ball play. And I think if he can maintain these kind of numbers you know, across the board, so far, you know, the best statistics of his three seasons. His, his uh, um, rebounds are down a little bit, but I think that's because uh, Mason Plumlee and Nick Richards are playing better under the basket. So we don't really need LaMelo Ball to go out and get eight a game like he did last year. Yeah, and one one more thing that I, I noticed, again, very small sample size, but <clears throat> kind of pointing to the game on Monday night, you know, in the fourth quarter, I like the fact that it was LaMelo's show, and I'm, you know, I'm going to add some controversy to the show. I like the fact that it was LaMelo show versus Terry's show, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. I do. I, I feel like the offense was in better hands with, with it being the LaMelo show. Again, man, he makes everybody's job a whole lot easier. And, and what I really, really like about LaMelo, man, he's he's super poised to be so young. Like, the, the game mm. is seemingly slowing down for him at such a young age. I don't even think the young man's 22 years old yet. And and the way he plays with poise and 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 you know the the fearlessness he plays with is a yang and a yang. But I'd rather for him play with that fearlessness than the, than the hesitate. So I'll take that all day. And I I, I really like that about Monday Monday night's game as an example. Yeah. yeah what's, real quick, well, you know what's crazy is that uh, last year in of course his rookie season, uh, James Brago received a lot of flat for not giving him more minutes. Uh, LaMelo Ball is playing the same amount of minutes in these seven games as he you, averaged you, you last don't say, Kaza. You yeah. don't say, Kaza. Wow. Uh, 32 minutes a game, um, and he's actually taking more shots. He's taking two more shots a game, and he's just playing better. So I I just think that that's funny. <laughs> Interesting, yes. Yeah, that was definitely a talking point across the the fan base as a, as a whole. Um but, yeah, just to kind of echo what you guys said, the gravity that he has on offense. Now, I don't think anybody's scared of the Kings, even though they've had a good start. Yeah. And it's, you know, the Kings are uh, one of those teams that's a good storyline, you know. They're almost like the Hornets sometimes. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. our two franchises are constantly, <laughs> yeah. you know, being compared and haven't been good since forever, all of the things. And so, you know, the Kings don't scare anybody, but still, they've been playing well. And, man, in the fourth quarter, in the second half, really, LaMelo, whenever he had the ball and he was attacking or he was creating off the dribble, he was kicking, everybody on the Kings' defense, like, it, like it's so 
evident mm-hmm. that the pressure that these coaches all the time talk about how these other players are putting pressure on the Hornets' defense. Right. When LaMelo's on the floor, we actually have a piece of that. Yeah. Where right, yeah. the right. Hornets are putting pressure on the opposing defenses because everybody, everything is being funneled through LaMelo from a defensive perspective from the opposing team. Absolutely. And it's just it it's nice to see that we have that uh that game changer. And you know, once again to echo what Jamal said, you know, not the Terry show. <laughs> yeah. I, I I've said this on previous episodes. Um, I don't want to be too hard on Terry because he was trying too hard to shoulder the care, right, yeah. I, I can agree carry. with that, yeah. And so I don't want to be too tough on him. But at the same time, like, it's just – it's a the, breath of fresh air. Yeah, it, I mean, the thing is, man, uh, you know, with with the Terry show, so to speak, I mean, we have to be objective. There's a lot of guys that were out. Uh, LaMelo being the main cog, obviously. Gordon Hayward not being there for the majority of the season, man. So it's like, okay, who else are we really leaning on to create their own offense? And Terry was one of the few guys who had the ability to do that, even though he wasn't doing that very efficiently – but at the same time, it's like, eh, we don't have a lot of options. Man. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, it just – it is what it is. Yeah. Now, Jamal, you did mention uh, LaMelo's foul trouble. Yeah. Is that concerning to you guys? Like, we're in year three. Um, I know he's missed a lot of time to begin the season. But we're in year three. Is that something where you're like, man, you've got to – you've got to fix this, like, now? Or – are you still willing to kind of roll with them a little bit longer before you really just start getting like, man, what are you doing? You know, if I could deal with fouls, if you're playing like if you're, if you're giving effort on defense. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And, and the, the offensive player is just a better offensive player than you are defender and you're fouling. That's fine. I can live with that, but that's not what LaMelo ball fouls are. Yeah. Lamella ball fouls are typically out of frustration because the defender will beat him off the dribble and he'll make a stupid reach in, or he doesn't get a call on one end. So he comes down on the other end and swipes at the ball. Um, some of the fouls are just, he's a risk taker, which isn't a bad thing, but sometimes, you know, you do those risky swipes. He's got very active hands. Um, and he, he just, you know, he just eats up the whistles. I mean, he just does. I would like for him to just, mature at that level understand you're not always going to get all the calls uh you know understand sometimes the, the offensive player just beat you and you just gotta let him go you gotta let him go by you gotta pass him off to the next defender i think if he learns that then he'll be fine but if, if he continues to do that then yeah those fouls will be concerning um mainly because he's not a stellar defender so yeah yeah to kind of echo what kaiser said man um I, I always point back to what Borrego said last year about how one of his big frustrations was letting what happens on the offensive end dictate what happens on the defensive end. And a lot of that, like Kaza said, is just frustration. It's, uh, you know, a call he should have gotten or a missed shot or something like that. And these fouls are just silly and they're cheap, but they're really – but whenever he's off the floor – I mean, I I wish I had a fancy metric to kind of give us right now, man, but we can see it. If you watch any game and he goes off the floor, man, that offense has a tendency to stall out 
a lot. So it's important that he has to be on the floor now to directly answer the question as far as am I really concerned about it or not. I mean, again, he's still really young, okay? But at the same time, at some point, very, very soon, <laughs> hopefully by the maybe even next year, we want to kind of cut this out, man, because, again, he's way too important to the Hornets to be to, to not be on the floor for, for such, so, some of the silly fouls he commits. Yeah, the Hornets were up nine, I think it was, with 2.20 to go the other night against the Kings, and then they cut it to two within, like, 50 seconds. Right, right. <laughs> and then, so, like, it got really, like, oh, my gosh, here we go again. The Hornets, yeah. I think, have blown 10 fourth-quarter uh, leads this season, uh, which is just – I don't – I haven't looked at other teams, but I think it has to lead the NBA. Yeah, right? yeah. I would yeah, like, yeah, I mean, I'm, that's just – those I'm are exponential money numbers. Does. Yeah. <laughs> And so, like, I, obviously, I was frustrated earlier in the game where he just, you know, reaching and doing some dumb stuff. Um, but then that foul where he fouled out, De'Aaron Fox drove, and the game was tight again, and he got beat, and he just takes the, you know, he swipes down. I was like, man, like, we, like we're crumbling right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, we yeah. need you out there in order to close this game out because I'm one of the – hey <laughs> – we hadn't experienced a win in a in a minute, you know. Right, right. right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, you can you you can talk tank for Vic all day, you know. Bring hey, the look, student. look, look, man. I I come from a school where you root for your team to win under under any circumstance. Absolutely, I, yeah. Me, me, me and Kaiser call we call them tank commanders, and and we're we're not tank commanders. We we actually want the guys to win games, man. That's so right. We we get it, yeah. And so I mean, you can be on that. I, I mean, you can be That's on fine, that side right. if you want to, but like even even here. Like, I hope that the fan base was like, okay, give me one right now. Like, like don't blow this. Like, especially against the Kings, because like you said, the Kings are much improved, but they're not Philly or, you know, yeah. they're not even the Knicks. You know what I'm saying? Or Boston. You know, they're like, they're the Kings. You feel exactly. like you be competitive. And then that, that Halloween just meltdown where the Hornets oh, were up yeah. by 15 at the half. Darren Fox goes out, arguably their best player, and you just – I th Sabonis fouled out that night too. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah. like you're dealing with their best players on the bench or in the locker room with a massive lead. Like I, I wanted that one. I yeah. like I, <laughs> I wanted to be happy about Hornets basketball even for just right. a minute. Yeah, yeah. You know? right. Um, just want to transition here. I know that uh, some people were unhappy with the numbers that Cody Martin uh, got in free agency as far as his payday. We're not. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, good, good. I'm not yeah. either. Um, but I think we've seen where this team is currently. How much does this team miss Cody Martin and Dennis Smith Jr.? Immensely. They immensely miss both of those players. You, you're, you're, you're talking about two, your two best perimeter defenders, bar none. That's not even, not even a question. Um, Dennis Smith Jr., not only just the defensive ability, but the ability to be the defensive coach when he's on the floor. And it's one thing to do it from the bench, but it's a lot better when you're out there with your teammates being that that defensive coach that calls for that communication. He wants his other guys to talk and communicate on, on the defensive end. So the leadership is, is immensely min missing from Dennis Smith Jr. And then you have Cody Martin. Um, me and Kaiser are big Cody Martin fans because we always feel like when he comes in the game, things just happen. Positive things 
happen. You know, where, where, whether he's he's not, I'm not going to call him shut down, but whether he's defending the best guy, the best wing player on the floor, uh, whether he's exploding to the basket, dunking on somebody like he's just the energy guy. He does all the little things that you want. Every team needs a guy like Cody Martin. And a big thing that the Hornets are really struggling with randomly this season is getting 50-50 balls. Like, it's just kind of this weird thing where we just can't grab the ball when we need to. And Cody Martin's that guy. And so those two players are are heavily missed. Yeah, uh, a few things. As far as the free agency numbers, uh, Cody Martin actually got paid less than Malik Monk got paid in Sacramento. And Hornets fans. That that should end it right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's it. (laughs) Do you need need anything else? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah. So I think the Hornets got a steal in in being able to keep Cody Martin uh, for that cheap. Um, I, my, my real concern actually is that, and this is a whole nother topic, but I hope his, his knee issue wasn't a misdiagnosis. I hope the Hornets didn't blunder that. You know, yeah. to go for from a sore quadricep to knee surgery is odd. That's just odd. It's we don't odd. know when he's going to be back. We know how knees are in the NBA. You know, once they're gone, they don't come back. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm, I, I'm, I hope that when he comes back, and it may not be this season, but whenever that is, that he's the same Cody Martin. Um, the Dennis Smith Jr. Boy, what uh, you know, people are criticizing Mitch very heavily right now because the Hornets stink. But moves like Dennis Smith Jr., which was criticized heavily, yo man, oh man, Mitch, who is man? He pick up these these castaways, boy. <laughs> I, a little crazy stat in the games that Dennis Smith Jr. played this season, which was almost all of them <laughs> at the beginning of the season because Lamelo Ball was injured. The Hornets were uh, number one in the league in two interesting categories. One was three-point percentage allowed, and the others was three-point field goals attempted by the opponent per game. I can't think of any other time they've been in the top. In fact, during the last six seasons, they've been in the bottom five in both of those categories. Now, I you know, causation is not correlation, and the Hornets have regressed to the mean when it comes to perimeter defense. But it's almost like since his injury, the Hornets have progressed regressed to the mean in perimeter defense. Um, I think that's very, very telling. Even from a non-metric standpoint, we saw what Dennis Smith Jr. did out there on the floor. And, man, I just – I really wish he could just come in and back LaMelo Ball up. I, I just feel like the team would be immensely better with Ball and Rozier starting with – Dennis Smith Jr. and Kelly Oubre coming off the bench. That's a tough guard rotation yeah. uh, to deal with. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think that this team misses them supremely. Um, Dennis Smith Jr., like you said, you ain't even got to go from a metric standpoint. And many of those games that we, you know, the Hornets are being competitive, maybe in games that they shouldn't have been, or at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season when things were close still. Like, this team was battling. They were just losing some games at the end. But overall, they were playing really well, and we were just like, man, all we got to do is get a a couple of our guys back. We ain't even need all of them right now. We just need a couple. I think a lot of that goes back to Dennis Smith Jr., the intensity defensively. And then that just – 
that spreads, man. When you yeah. got a guy oh, on yeah. the floor, mm-hmm. like right now, the Hornets don't have that guy on the floor who's like, I want to play defense. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, you know, <laughs> infecting the rest of the guys on the floor. It, I, not not to cut you off, man, but just this past Sunday show, I, I mentioned to Kaiser how right now we don't have that dog on defense who says, "I you can't score on me. Like the mentality yeah. right. is not there. So to, to your point, just like you said, that is infectious, you know, and, and without that on the court, man, it's obviously showing itself. And I just want to speak to that point real quick, man. I We, we said the same thing Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just, it is what it is. And I think one of the things that me personally, I've been wanting to see is LaMelo with either Cody or Dennis Smith Jr. on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then Terry, with either Cody Martin or Dennis Smith Jr. on the floor, either one of those combinations, I think. I mean, yeah. Now that those are some rotations at the guard position that you you got to like going into the matchup. Yeah, so, absolutely. Well, well, you got your you offensive know, option. You got your defensive option. Like, you, you know, de- depending on what side of the tank you're on, you know, you may or may <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. And me and look, I've said it numerous times on this podcast coming into the season. I was not for it at this point where where the Hornets find themselves currently. I think it's it doesn't matter if they if if the team actively pursues a tank or doesn't. I think it's going to happen. They're organically bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's just happening. (laughs) Them being themselves. It's it's taking place. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, you're right. If 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 you wanted to go for the tank, then yeah, you don't want to see those things. You just want to kind of, you know, let it play out. Let it, yeah, let it play out. That's it. Um, so, I guess this is the million dollar question: Do the Hornets have enough time to turn the season around? Or no? <laughs> Here, here's what's gonna happen. A very Charlotte Hornet thing is is gonna happen. Jamal knows where I'm going, going with this. I know where you're going with. It. They're going to get better, and they're going to improve, and they're going to get right into, like, the ninth, 10th, or 11th seed, miss the playoffs, and be out of the victor lottery. They're going to end up with, like, the 13-14 pick. Mitch is going to draft somebody. Fans are going to complain. And we're going to be right back where we are Damn. this season. Oh, we all know oh, that's what's going to happen. But Okay, so – let, let me. I, I'm. I'm going to try not to be long-winded about this, but I always hate the tank conversation mainly because tanking kind of infers that you're asking players to kind of go out there and just dog it. This team is not going to do that. <clears throat> this team is not made up like that. Steve Clifford's not made up like that. Michael Jordan's not made up like that. Lamelo's not made like they're just not built like that. Okay. Now we've all we all agree that we just kind of want the season to kind of just play out. But here's the interesting thing that we got to look out for. Here, here's something very interesting. Kaz, I'm kind of I, I I agree with you on one point. I do think as the if the roster can stay healthy, we are going to get better as the season goes along. However, the trade deadline is what we really need mm-hmm. to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. There's there's some expiring contracts on this roster. You know what I mean? There. There, there's some opportunity to to get some assets if you want to go that route. For, for me, I'm 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 jumping. I'm trying not to jump ahead because I know the question you're going to ask uh, later. But just kind of look out for the trade deadline 
And it, it, what if Mitch decides, hey, man, this is a good time to do a fire sale? We just don't know that. So that's an interesting thing to kind of look out for. You know, though, if, if the Hornets were bad because a lack of talent or coaching or whatever, then that, I think it would be different. Thing. But the Hornets are bad this season because of the injuries. I mean, I don't know if they'd be like a contender if everyone was healthy, but they wouldn't be eight and twenty-three. I think right. I think everyone Definitely. can agree on that. So, like like you said, Jamal, they're gonna get healthier and then they're gonna get better. Uh, but yeah, I I do agree. The trade deadline is gonna be, it, it, you know, where does Mitch does Mitch try and trade for the future or for the here and now? You know, especially here's what I'm afraid of: the Hornets start showing signs of improvement, they start getting healthier. And Mitch and Mike think playoff run. If we just make these trades, we can make a team that can get us into the playoffs. That's what I don't want to see. Surely not. I mean, like that's what they did last season, and it almost worked. They traded for Montreal, um, or yeah, Montrez Harrell and Isaiah Thomas, and we almost snuck into the playoffs. Um, It wouldn't surprise me to see Mitch make that kind of move again. Well, look, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into it then. Since we already right here, it is amongst us. It is in the conversation. Let's (laughs) jump. Hey, we got this rankings uh, segment, Hornets edition. Guys, rank the Hornets players in the likeliness that they are traded away. All right. So because I kind of alluded to this Sunday, I'm thinking (laughs) Mr. Terry Rozier is number one on that ranking list. And I wouldn't I, let me be clear. I wouldn't have said that a month ago. Um, I'm going Terry one. I'm going Plumley two. Um, I'm going PJ three, and Gordon four. So I, there's four that I'll give you. Okay, interesting uh, omission there. All right, Kaiser, what you got? <laughs> I'm gonna go. I agree with Terry. Statistically, this is one of his best seasons. He's playing good ball. Uh, this is the time to move him. He's 28 years old. A lot of teams would love Terry Rozier. I think you get a lot of value for him. Uh, number two, I'm going to go Mason Plumley. Uh, he's playing very well, actually. And we, I think the Hornets really want to try and find minutes for Mark Williams before the season's over. Uh, and with Plumley and Richards playing the way they are, there's not a lot of room to make for Mark at Williams. So I, I think Plumley is number two. Number three, I'm actually going to say Gordon Hayward, only because I know that his expire his contract is set to expire the season after next, but I think that they could get a, a team to possibly take him before that. Um, I know he's he hasn't been healthy, but he's actually played pretty well since he's come back from injury in the last couple of games. Um, I think his trade value might be higher than expected. After that, I'm gonna say James Booknight. Um, it just hasn't worked out for Booknight this season. And for whatever reason, whether it's the legal issues or whatever, he's had some some splashes where he's shown some ability. And then he has, like, largely disappeared. Um, Tail Maladone and even Bryce Gowans, the Gowans are playing better than James Booknight is. Oh, yeah. Uh, But I think a lot of teams would like to take a chance on a young, athletic guy like James Booknight. So I could see him being on the trade block. All right. All right. No Kelly Oubre? Now, we talked about this on Under Construction last week. I think that Kelly likes being a Charlotte Hornet. I think he might will come into a favorable deal after next season. Um, he's having his best statistical or production-wise season. I guess we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, 
I'd be really surprised if the Hornets moved Kelly Oubre. Uh, and, and mainly because he's willing to come off the bench, which is a hard trait to find in the NBA nowadays. Yeah. And and my, <clears throat> I, I guess I, I'm not really putting, including Kelly Oubre, and I'll just be honest, mainly because I, I personally like what I see from Oubre this year. I think he's the main guy that has really stepped up and has shown any type of consistency, which I which is crazy for me to say about Kelly Oubre. But um, you, I, I just I, I like what he's given us, and I don't think his he, he's a team his contract is team friendly, um, mm-hmm. and I think it matches his production. Maybe he probably has some high trade value, but I think you can get more for Terry Rozier, quite honestly. And, and I like the fact that you you trade away Terry or Gordon's money before you trade away a Oubre, which who to me is giving you equal production, but a more team-friendly contract. Yes. Who's coming to get Gordon Hayward? Hard sale. <laughs> but, but, however, maybe a team I, – I, I'm going to throw you a curveball. A team – I'm not saying they will specifically, but a team like, like the Golden State Warriors who want to get an expiring deal next season because they want to fix their cap situation. Look at a team like Golden State who's like, I don't know, $3 billion over the luxury tax or whatever the crazy <laughs> number is. You know, in the next one or two seasons, it, that's, you you figure at some point, hey, man, we want to cut contracts and we want to cut costs. Let's go get this guy who can swipe off $30 million in the next two seasons and kind of roll with it that way. Or maybe a team looking to add a vet who wants to trade away whatever. So, Yeah, I, I could see – Maybe like a young rebuilding team who needs a vet and wants to clear cap space to bring, you know, free agents in the future, making a move, you know, or a team like, uh, you know, Miami, uh, even L.A., you know, L.A.'s, uh, they're not good this season, not at least not to the standards of the L.A. Lakers. And I could see them making a move for Gordon Hayward just to know that they're going to get $30 million off the books when he's gone and $30 million. You can bring in anyone you want in L.A. You know, you you just can. So, All right, I think I know uh, where this next question is going to go. Rank the Hornets players in terms of their production thus far this season. Um, Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave LaMelo out of the conversation because he's only played seven games. I think that's Uh, fair. That's fair. uh, So I'm going to say Kelly Oubre. Um, this is one of his best seasons statistically, although he's not shooting the ball as well as he shot it in previous seasons, but he's shooting more and he's taking a bigger role. He's getting to, first of all, he's shooting, he's much better shooting free throws this season. He's getting to the line more. Um, he's been more aggressive and for him to step up the way he has, considering how much he's had to start this. I mean, he started, first of all, he's played all 31 games, which is huge. And he started 29 of those. So, you know, I, I really think that, you know, in terms of production, he's number one. After that, Terry Rozier. And I know we, we criticize Terry for the hero ball sometimes, but I think he's, you know, all Terry knows how to do is is backpack teams, you know. And I think that's what he's tried to do with the Hornets. He understands that we're not at full strength. And uh, he goes out there and he's having one of his best seasons uh, statistically. Uh Number three. Now, here's where – because I think those two are, like, solid. Yeah, Under that, one two. I'm going to say – and fans are going to hate me. The fans uh, yeah, in the yeah. Hornets group – Go ahead and say it. Are, they're going to hate it. me. Do it. 
But Mason Plumley. That's my wow. that was mine. Mason, everyone hates Mason Plumley because he's a big goofy dude. <laughs> but uh, you know, Mason Plumley is averaging a double double this season, right at uh you know, 10 and 10. When was the last I think the last time the Hornets had anyone average 10 and 10 was Dwight Howard uh six seasons ago. So for you know, he's doing exactly what Hornet Farms is we need a guy who can rebound. Okay, there you go. He's not the best interior defender, and sometimes he takes too many uh pages out of Nikola Jokic's playbook. I, I mean, he's not. I mean, he's like a not like a poor man's Jokic, but like a broke as hell dude. <laughs> yeah, like, Keep going. Yeah, but going. but po- po- poverty Jokic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but he's produced really well. I mean, he he really has. And also, I think Nick Richards playing better. People are like, ah, oh, man, Mason Plumley. But I got. I'm sorry, I got to put it on and put him on there. After that, uh, Jalen McDaniels. I don't know if fans are going to feel like I'm crazy for saying that because I've hated on the guy in the past, but I feel like he's made a major step up uh, in production. Notice I left uh, P.J. Washington off, and that's because I need consistency, bro. You can't be like 30 because he looks statistically looks pretty good, right? 15 points a game. But that's because they'll have like 31 game and like zero <laughs> the next. So, uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave leave him off, but those are my, those are my top four. All right, um, my first three are the same as Kaz's, quite honestly. And I and again, we're just leaving Lamelo out just because the small sample size and the games that he's missed. But <clears throat> I, I'm with you on Miles Plumley, man, because I that, that's the one I specifically want to talk about because I I don't think fans really see his value a lot. You know what I mean? I think fans want Mason Plumlee to be something that he's not, which is more physical and this shot-blocking presence and this intimidating presence in the middle. We want him to be like Steven Adams, and he's not that. He's just not. He is someone who can initiate offense. I think our offense runs a bit better when he's in the game. He's a big man that can lead fast breaks at times. Uh, he's a he's a really good passer to be his size. He's a good rebounder, and and for that, I I believe he's kind of firmly number three as our most productive guy. Um, number four, I kind of I'm actually gonna go PJ Washington only for this reason, only for this reason. PJ is asked to do a lot on the defensive end of the floor, and I believe he he has to guard a bunch of all stars every night. You know what I mean? And I'm also one that needs more consistency from P.J. Washington. But at the same time, I think he's the biggest X factor for the Hornets. When he plays well, the team wins. It's the, right, that's yeah. the bottom line. So for that reason, I'll put P.J. at number four. And just to kind of throw a fifth guy out there, I'll actually say Jalen McDaniels as well. I, I think Jalen McDaniels has taken a slight step up. I like the fact that he can create his offense a little better than he has in the past. He's knocking down open threes at a better rate. Um, Clifford and Borrego like him because he's one of the few defenders that we do have, or at least attempts to be anyway. So I'll put Jalen McDaniels at five. Give me a team with Mason Plumley as their third best player, and I'll give you a team with eight wins. And <laughs> there, you there you go. go. No, that's a true uh, statement. I mean, true statement. Um, I per, I wouldn't put Mason Plumley third. Um, I would. Real, real quick, as an aside, I, I thought about, you know, Dennis Smith Jr., we spoke so highly of him, and then Gordon Hayward, they've actually played the same amount of games, and Hayward actually has played pretty well, actually, when he's been on the court, but see, that's the thing. 
They have not been on the court. No, with the guys that you have, I viewed it the same way. Like Mm -hmm. LaMelo, he really can't be in the conversation. Gordon can't really be in the conversation. Dennis, you know, him neither. Yeah, I, I think we all agree that five changes if they're on the floor. Like, oh yeah, for sure. And then all of a sudden, you don't have a Mason Plumley as your third. Yeah, you don't have a Mason have a in the top more five. Than eight wins. Right. Exactly. That's how it works. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, the Mason Plumley hate um, it is over uh, exaggerated. Um, I still, I don't think I would put him as our third best player this season. I get what you're saying. Um, and I guess mainly that would be just because of you mentioned many fans want him to be something he's not. And I, I fully agree there. Um, but often what he is not is what this team needs the most. Oh, absolutely. That's true. I yeah. think that's, that's one of the reasons, um, I would probably go PJ above, even though he's been so inconsistent. It's for his defensive purposes. And then, like Jamal said, you know, when he plays well, uh, you know, this team is right there vying for wins. And maybe that's another, you know, he hasn't played well enough, and that's why this Hornets team hasn't won more. Uh, So I think that's fair to say as well. Fair statement, yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, Quickly, uh, guys, um, tell everybody – where they can catch you, uh, where they can find you on socials, where uh, they can find you on YouTube, all of those things. I I will take this one. Um, Under Construction, you can find us on Facebook. Now, we know Under Construction is kind of a generic name. A lot of stuff may pop up. But I always tell people you can kind of recognize us because our logo Mm -hmm. was kind of a Panthers-Hornets mashup type of deal. So that's our identifier. Um, on Twitter, you can find us at, give me one second as I pull it up because I can't remember it. It is, I should have this ready. I'm, I feel so bad. All right. We are under CO10 at Twitter. Again, that is under CO10 and under construction. Same thing. You can look for us, the Panthers Hornets emblem, emblem mashup. We are also on Instagram by the same name under construction 10th. And on YouTube, Kaza, help me out. What are we on? It's just it's it is actually just under construction. Yes, on on YouTube. So so again, if if you have trouble pulling this up just by the name, look for the emblem, the Panthers Hornets mashup type of deal. So, guys, thank you so much for hopping on with me today. Uh, I I enjoyed it. Um, I think you're not. Yeah, yeah. No. So when are you coming on our show? Like, yeah. Hey, yeah, I'll be there. All right, yeah. Hey, we'll call you up. We'll call you up after the holidays. You can come by. The hey, I'm a Panthers we'll fan time. too. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> Even better, man. I mean, we can do it all. I mean, we can discuss it all there. So, uh, but no, nah, look, I really appreciate you guys doing this. Look, we're recording this. The Hornets just started. Okay, uh, they're playing the Clippers currently, so we yeah. don't know those results yet. So when this drops. You know, we'll see whatever that is, and that could skew everything. What we said, nah, nah, we. Ain't <laughs> right. But thanks, guys. Uh, dropping those hot takes, Plumley love, uh, some Cody <laughs> Martin love. You know, you shaking up the fan base right now. But thanks for jumping on another episode of Hive Hoops. Appreciate it. Until next time, adios. I'll take care. I'll take care, man. Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops, presented by the League. 
be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from Hive Hoops. Hoops.